Please turn in your Bibles now to Psalm 11, the 11th Psalm. We are going to use several psalms today, and those psalms are going to be used to remind us of just authority. We live in a generation where authority is overthrown in the earth. We live in a generation where those in authority are not the noble, virtuous, disciplined, temperate, holy men that they should be. And we want the Lord to convict us all today. Now you may find it a little disconcerting that the first sermon this morning is going to be about Saul of Tarsus' conversion on the road to Damascus. But let me connect it this way. Never has there been a just and more righteous pillar of the New Testament church than Paul. And so as we read about pillars upholding justice, righteousness, truth, and wisdom in society, remember that we're going to read about the enemy of justice, judgment, and righteousness being converted to be a great leader and apostle in the church of Jesus Christ. I read to you Psalm 11. I want you to focus on the third verse. The first two verses are his enemies mocking David and telling him he ought to run away from them because they're going to destroy him. And he appeals to the Lord against them and describes them. But then we have the Lord's judgment in verses 4 through 7. In the Lord put I my trust. Amen. In the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul, Flee as a bird to your mountain. For, lo, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string that they may privily shoot at the upright in heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids try the children of men. The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked and him that loveth violence, his soul hateth. Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire and brimstone, and an horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness. His countenance doth behold the upright. Very briefly, we put our trust in the Lord, and no matter how difficult the adversary or the obstacles may be for us, we put our trust there and we don't flee to our mountain unless in our fleeing we're following His guidance of wisdom and He is still our trust and our helper and our defender. We are talking in this psalm, like the other two that we'll read today, of civil government. Now, though the Psalms I'm going to use are referring to civil government, I want us to take the principles of civil government and apply them to family government. Because the husband is the ruler of his wife. Genesis 3.16 says so. And the fathers are the rulers of children. The Bible says so from cover to cover. 
Verse 3, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Those foundations are civil rulers, no longer living justly and righteously, but wickedly setting an arrow upon the string of their bows to shoot at the upright in heart. Were there some of those in David's day? King Saul. And if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? You say, well, who cares about the foundations? As long as I've got God, I'm fine. No, you're not fine. No, you're not fine. That is why marriage no longer becomes an option in 1 Corinthians 7.26 because of the present distress. That is why the apostle would say in 1 Timothy chapter 2 that one of the first things we ought to pray for is that for all rulers in authority that we may lead quiet and peaceable lives in all godliness and honesty. Because without quiet and peace, it's hard to live godly and peaceable lives. Just ask David, who had to live among the Philistines, instead of being in the house of God where he wanted to be. If the foundations be destroyed, if civil government and authority is overthrown, what happens to the righteous? And brethren, when we are not the godly, holy, noble, virtuous, prince-like men, as husbands and fathers, what do we cost our wives and our children? If the foundations of marriage and family be destroyed, what can righteous wives and children do but suffer as a consequence? But the Lord's in His holy temple. His throne is in heaven. His eyes try all the children of men. He tries the righteous, and He tries the righteous in love. He chastens us to perfect us. But the wicked and him that loveth violence, his soul hateth. That's a huge difference. Upon the wicked, he's going to rain the things that are listed in verse 6. This is going to be the portion of their cup. The portion of our cup is eternal heaven. Because the righteous Lord loveth righteousness, and his countenance beholds the upright. Let's make sure today, as we think on many things, and we look at Paul's life, and we look at patriarchy and patriarchal societies, which we are as a church and as a nation yet, and in our homes and marriages, that will be the upright described right here, that we will be the righteous so that his countenance will behold us in loving favor and chastening mercy rather than his hate and judgment forever. Let us pray again. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. We bless and we praise thee, great and holy God, for thou art in heaven and we upon earth. Our words will be few. Heavenly Father, we pray that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by his abundant mercy and grace and the power of the Holy Ghost, that we will set our hearts and minds this day to be the upright And though our enemies set arrows on the strings of their bows to shoot at us that are upright in heart, our trust is in Thee. Heavenly Father, we pray for the foundations of society. We pray for our government that You will preserve it. We pray for our leaders that You will embolden and empower them for righteousness, godliness, truth, and wisdom in the choices they make for us. And we pray, Heavenly Father, even more than that, that in our homes and marriages and families and children, 
we as men will conduct ourselves nobly, uprightly, virtuously, and righteously. And, O Lord God, do behold us from heaven with your approving countenance. These things we ask, confessing our sins, asking thee to restore the lost years of the canker worm, asking thee to open the word of God to us today and teach us many things that we might have families, marriages, a church, and lives that adorn the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ and that truly occupy and preserve the kingdom of God in this place until the Lord Jesus returns. Heavenly Father, bless us now with your presence. Enable our singing and our praying and all that we do that it will come up into thy holy presence, even into heaven. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.